0: 272. 253, more about I'm glad this morning that he died for me, and he died for you too, but you've got to be glad about that. You've got to embrace that and celebrate it. You know, a lot of churches gather, and I, and I will say this, they focus so much on how they feel, they oftentimes forget why they feel. I'm loving the Lord, and that's why I feel the way I do. Uh, It's not uh, the rhythm of the song. It's not the repeat of the song. It's not even the attitude of anybody. It's all about who he is and what he's done for you and I. So we want to go to the Lord in prayer this morning, be much in prayer for those on our prayer request list. Uh, Continue to lift each one up. Uh, Sister Kay, Brother Danny, they'll be with Darren today. uh, having issues with uh, getting them off of the ventilator, so they're going to put a trach in. And so be praying for that this morning, for them and him uh, today. And so lifting them up. Uh, Sister Reba Barnes' brother uh, is off the ventilator, but continue to remember him in your prayers as well this morning. Um, again, remember tonight's service, a special service we have. Anybody else this morning? Ann McAfee's brother is in the hospital. The
1: victims of the tornado in Little Rock area.
0: Remember that. What else? Unspoken. Then stand with us this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. For ushers, come forth. Father, today we thank thee, Lord, for thy love and mercy. We thank thee, dear God, for allowing us to be in your house. Lord, ask you today that you would just anoint and touch and have your way in service today. Dear God, we thank you, Lord, for all that you've done already. Thanking you, Father, for that which we know you will do, and trusting you, dear God, to get us through from this time forth. Lord, we pray, Father, for the needs this morning that have been brought before Thee through spoken request and unspoken as well. We ask you, dear God, to meet them according to your plan and purpose. And Father, help us, Lord, to do our part of what you'd have to do in that. And we ask you, Father, today, bless the offering. Let it be used for thy glory, for thine honor, and thy praise. And we'll give you glory, honor, and praise in the precious name of Christ Jesus. And amen. 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 We're going to do Palms of Victory. Palms of Victory. Thank you. Got your Bibles this morning, go to the book of Luke chapter One, Luke Chapter One. If you would stand with us, we will read one verse of scripture. Is Jacob back here? It's going to have him look at the sound. It's a little loud for me this morning, or leastwise up here. Luke chapter 1, verse 37. We're going to read two verses in Luke one is in chapter 1, one is in chapter 18. This would be an establishing thought this morning. Luke chapter 1, verse 37 says, For with God nothing shall be impossible. I want you to get that. Nothing means nothing. There's nothing impossible with God. Chapter 18, verse 27. And he said, These things which are impossible with men are possible With God. So now we've established that even if man can't do it, God still can. Father, this morning, I thank you for your love and mercy. I thank you, dear God, for your grace. And I ask you, Father, today, help me, Lord, with this message. God, I pray your words, not my words, your will, not mine. And Lord, I'm asking you this morning, help me. Father, I want it to come out like you give it to me, but Lord, I want you to be glorified in Jesus' precious holy name, and amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Now, you can go to Matthew chapter 19, if you would. We're going to look here. The Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Let every word be established. In Luke chapter 1, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Mary is going to have a child. She's never known a man. But that's not impossible for God. In Luke chapter 18, salvation. And we see it again in chapter 19 of the book of Matthew. In verse 23, it says this. Then said, excuse me, then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily, verily, I say unto you that a rich man shall hardly enter to the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, They were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible. Now now look at what he says. With men this is impossible. Man cannot get a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Now I don't know what size thread they had back then. I'm a literalist. I honestly believe that he was talking about the eye of a needle. I don't think he was talking about some side gate in a wall that a camel could get through and it'd be no problem. All you got to do is unload them and, and, and get them to go through there. I'm, I'm talking about what's impossible with man. Man cannot get that done. But look at what he says. But with God, all things are possible. The disciples, hearing the words of Jesus, said, Who's going to get saved then? Who can be saved then? It's impossible for this to happen. But Jesus says, Not with God. It's not impossible. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. So by the mouth of two or three witnesses, we have Matthew, Mark, here, or Luke and Matthew here talking about this. We have Jesus declaring him three different or, or three times, and, and it's declared. The angel, of the Lord declared. Jesus declared. We see this happening here, and, and I just want to say this this morning. Have I yet told you, and have you understood? There is nothing God cannot do. All right, come on now. The mouth of two or three get it established. There is nothing that God cannot do. He can do everything. And yet I have said in my own preaching in times past, and God just pointed this out to me the other day, that I have said that there's one thing God can't do. God cannot see through the blood. Well, I just told you that the Bible says that there's nothing that God cannot do, which means God can see through the blood. Now here's the good news though. Let me let me just go ahead and take my lap. (laughs) Why God can see through the blood, God God is merciful to you and I. God is forgiving of you and I. God desires a relationship with you and I. And if you go through the scripture there, and just think about this, I want you to understand that judgment comes. It comes to everybody. It's appointed unto man once to die, and after this, the judgment There's coming of time of separation. Matthew 25, 32 says this, and before him shall be gathered all nations. Nobody's getting out of it. Nobody. Uh, The song we were singing this morning uh, about, you know, it says, All races. God God doesn't care where you come from. He, He already understands that you and I are flesh. He understands. That that we will sin. He understands that we're not going to be born holy. We're going to live unrighteously. But yet he sent Jesus Christ. So that we could be holy through his blood. And we could live righteously through his righteousness. We are transformed because of what Jesus done for us on Calvary's cross. And in so doing the blood that is applied to your and my life. God will not look through. And hold our sins against us. But before him all shall be gathered, all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, not nations. The problem, right? As a shepherd divideth the sheep from the goat. When Jesus is talking about nations, He's not talking about if you're from China, you go over here. And if you're from America, you go over here. If you're from uh, Laos, you go over here. But if you're from India, you go over here. He's talking about the folks inside those. So that we understand, it does not. your birth place. He cares about your rebirth place. When you got born again is what he's concerned with. Whether or not you're walking with him. Uh, Listen to me. The Bible tells us about the shepherd. Right, The sheep know his voice. And you know who you are by what shepherd you're following. By the way, we know who you are too. Galatians 6.15, for for in Christ Jesus neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. Why would you say that, Brother Ernie, after you've just talked about sheep? Because he just said it this way. He's going to separate the sheep from the goat. He's going to separate the lost from the saved. He's not separating the circumcision from the uncircumcision of the flesh. God is not concerned about the circumcision of the flesh. He's concerned about the circumcision of the heart. I love the scripture. I say it a lot, but I I believe it with all my heart. The Bible says he is not a Jew that is one outwardly, but he that is one inwardly. Why? Because God looks at his children by what's going on in the heart. Here's here's the verse that you could have said would be the key verse. But I had to establish some things before I could get to the key verse. I had to establish that with God there's nothing impossible. I had to establish that as you and I look over over these things, we have to realize that by the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word shall be established. We see that God's word is established. and we understand this that even when men think it is impossible, it's not impossible with God. Who then can be? the disciples didn't say well, the, the, you know, are you just looking at the elite to be saved? Who can be saved? It's impossible. Want to go through the eye of a needle? Not with God. God can make a needle so big that it'd be easier. He can make a camel so small that it's possible. See, God can do what we can't do, church. And, and by the way, I'll just say this: we could make a needle so big that we could get a camel through it, but but it's not it's not applicable to the scripture. We say, well, see, I did that. No, God did that. There's nothing new under the sun. So we look at it again. In Exodus chapter 12, this, this is, this, like I said, this could be the key verse. Look at, the, look at what God said. And God operates, church, within the confines of His word. You and I ought to live there. It ought to be our abiding place. The children of Israel are being, I guess you could say, being prepared. Pharaoh is being prepared. We're seeing the end of things to come to pass so that the children of Israel will go out of the land of bondage. But there's one thing yet to happen, and that is the last plague, which is the death of the firstborn. And I will just say this, church. You you, you want to get somebody's attention, right? you got to touch their right hand. Now I want to ask you a question. Before somebody gets saved, do they have to go through the suffering of a child loss? In this day and age, it seems like we've got to be put down to the bottom side of the barrel before that we realize that we're on the bottom side of the barrel. Can I just tell you this morning? I praise God that I didn't have to go down this valley to realize that God was God. Aren't you glad this morning? You didn't have to walk this path. But here's something to know. If you didn't walk the path that they walked, you live in the promise that they have is pure child of God. Go back into verse twelve or actually verse eleven and thou shalt eat it with the loins your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand. Now now he's talking about the Passover, the, the, the lamb, the sacrifice, what they had done there, and they, they had they, there was a certain part they were eating. The blood was being applied to the doorpost to the middle of the house and he tells them this you're going to eat it ready to leave get ready you're leaving the only way though you're leaving intact in whole is if the blood is applied you're not are not getting out of this walk of life and going to be with Jesus Unless the blood has been applied. It does not work because daddy and mama was Christians or daddy was a pastor, or mama sung in the choir, or mama was the church treasurer or, or mama was the church secretary or daddy was a deacon or daddy was a Sunday school teacher or daddy was an usher. Uh, daddy did this and mama did that. and Daddy. Did. Hey, grandma and grandpa, I mean, I've got generations passing down. It's not, that don't matter to God. God's not looking at who you came from. He's looking at who you belong to. got to belong to him you've got to have the blood applied period in the story no exceptions no other way you're going i'm not getting there you're not getting there it don't matter without the blood you wasn't going out of egypt intact without the blood so he said you shall eat it with your loins girded i got my belt on this morning shoes on your feet got them this morning staff in your hand. I don't have a staff but I got my Bible. And you shall eat it in haste. In other words get ready. Church, do you realize that Jesus is coming back again? Not not, not is going to sometime down the future come back again. And, and it may not be right now, but it might be right now. It may be tomorrow. It may be next week. It may be next month. It may be next year. It may be right now. He said, be ready. You get everything on. You put it there. And then when you eat, you eat in haste. Be ready. We're still sitting around trying to figure out how to cook. You ever thought about that? The church is not not ready today. I don't mean to be mean, but but in a lot of ways, we are unprepared. We we come in, and and, and, and let me me just say this. You want to get out of here at 12 o'clock, we're going to have to start early. But you know what still there. It's about ready. On Sunday mornings, we drag the most. But, 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 but let me just pick on myself. The alarm goes off at 4.30. I can be in my truck and on the way to the Deer Woods before 5 o'clock. I guarantee you every time, it will take me 30 minutes or less to get in my truck and head to the Deer Woods. I make haste, but can I tell you something else I do? On, on the night before I pull my gun out of the gun closet. I, I've got it laid out there in the last place to go. I've got my honey clothes either laying there or in the truck. They're ready to go. My boots are either they're usually in the truck. They're ready to go. All I gotta do is get up, put on some jeans, my shirt, belt, pair of shoes to get me out, and I'm gone. I don't even care if I eat breakfast. I can't go nowhere without breakfast. Well, Brother Gary told me this one time when I said, You know what? I'm putting on a lot of weight. He said, You ain't fasting enough. You dry, brother. Been fasting a little bit more. I'm not worried about my weight now. I'm worried about my spirit. I'm worried about my heart. I'm worried about whether or not I'm ready if Jesus comes right now. Am I prepared to meet the King? Not not, hey, listen to me, church. You ain't meeting some vagabond. He ain't the guy on the side of the road with a sign that says, We'll work for food, but doesn't really mean that. He's he's coming. The Bible tells us he's coming. And when he comes, he comes as king of kings and lord of lords. In other words, Prince Charles ain't got nothing on him. Brother Ernie, it don't matter if I'm wearing a tie when he comes. No, it don't matter if you're wearing a tie when he comes. But I'll tell you what, I'll say it like this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. We ought to dress as nice for him as we do any special person and then some. He deserves it. How'd you get on dress? You don't dress right, your heart ain't right. You think about your relationship with God. I, I mean, just be honest. People go out and buy $100, $300, $400 dresses for proms and, and they get rent out the $125, $200 taxes. You say, Brother Ernie, they get that high. Well, I don't know how much they are. I haven't rent one in a long time. But they won't put on something special for Jesus. I don't want you wearing your palm dresses here. I'm just be honest with you, ladies. If If your thighs are showing, that's too short. I told a lady one time, I said, I said, I don't want to see the top of your breast hanging out your dress. Well, my husband likes it. That's good. Do it at home, not at church. She got mad at me. That's okay. I can live with it. You know why I don't like to go to the beach? in the summertime? My wife can tell you, it's awkward. We've been there, and, and I, I'll be honest with you. you got to have the blood on. The blood will change your life. Didn't mean to tear you there so long. He goes on, he says, Make haste, it is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night, and will smite the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both male and man and beast, and against all the gods I love that God said he even going to knock down the gods. But look at what he says. And against all the gods of Egypt I will execute. Judgment, I'm the Lord. Think about this for a second. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where ye are. Well, where am I today? The Bible tells me that I am the house. I am the temple of the living God you are the temple of the living God. God is not dwelling in the bricks and mortar in the wood of this house unless you and I are here. Hey, God does not come down to find a sacrifice on an altar somewhere and then begin to fill this building up with his presence uh, so that he comes in you and I today. He is dwelling in me and you. Ye are bought with a price. Ye are not your own. Ye are the temple of the living God. You are a living temple. You're supposed to be a holy sacrifice acceptable unto God. You and I are his dwelling place. The blood has to be applied. So look what he says. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood. I'm, I'm telling you church. Isaiah 1, 18. If you're glad he doesn't look through the blood, if you're glad he won't look through the blood, think about this. He said in verse 18, Come now, let us reason together. saith the Lord, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they be as red, be red like crimson, they shall be white as wool. How is that possible? Nothing's impossible with God. Jesus said in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 12, Wherefore Jesus also, excuse me, uh, Paul writing there, wherefore Jesus also that he might sanctify the people with his own blood suffered without the gate. Hey, he took on the obligation of sanctification for you and I. He shed his blood outside the gate. Why? So that you and I can put the blood on. We can apply. Hey, you know the old saying, uh, um, whenever Peter come there, and this thing about Peter it's kind of this example there. Peter comes, Jesus is washing his feet. Jesus said, if I wash you not, you have no part of me. He said, Not my feet only, but my head and my hands, Lord. Hey, I want it on top and I want it on the sides. That's where the blood was supposed to be applied. On the top of the on the top of the mantle there, and then on the door. Hey, he, it's all over me. I feel him in my hands. I feel him in my feet. Why? Because I got him in my heart and he's controlling my head. Woo! I'm telling you this morning, church. This is Palm Sunday. What does that mean? Next Sunday we celebrate the fact that he died, but he rose again. Why, brother? Because he's alive. 1 Peter 1, 18. For as much as you know, you're not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by traditions from your Father, but by the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. He's got something going on, church. I don't need it, but I'll keep it. revelation 7 14 and i said unto him sir thou knowest he's talking about those that come out of tribulation he said who are these sir thou knowest and he said unto me these are they which are come out of great tribulation have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb got to have the blood church acts chapter 20 verse 28 take heed therefore unto yourselves to and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseer. Now look at this. He's telling me that I need to be careful and I need to watch what I'm doing to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. You and I, church, are not here by mistake. We're here by a purchased price. And if the blood is applied, you are different. If the blood has not been applied, you're not different. I have people tell me, well, I'm just as good as they are. I'm just as saved as they are. I'm going to heaven just like them. Why? Because they're just like me. Can I ask you a question? Do they have the blood applied? Because if you and I look just like the world, act just like the world, walk just like the world, talk just like the world, the blood ain't been applied. Let's just be honest about it. If you are, he says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Why? Because the blood has been applied. If the blood's been applied, you're walking in that newness of life. You've got this promise. I'm going to read you two of them. Hebrews 11.6 says this. But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. So I, I'm coming to God because I believe that he is. I believe that he is and everything that he said is true. Look at the next thing. And that he has rewarded them that diligently seek him. I, I'm not looking for an earthly reward. I'm looking for a heavenly one. You know, the Bible tells us to set our eyes on things above. To set our affections on things above. We're so consumed with that which is down here. We're getting, we're, we're just losing it. But God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. We need to diligently seek God. Hey, if you want to see prayers answered, you want to see souls saved. You want to see revival, real revival, not not, not service, but real revival. We've got to seek God. People are dying and going to hell, and the church is standing by saying, I'm all right. Well, if you're all right, then you need to get on your face before God and seek God for those who are not all right. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. And then here's, here's the one we we talked about. I want you to think about this. If God applies the blood, God does a special work in our lives. In Psalms 103 verse 11 it says, For as the heaven is high above the earth. High. Above the earth. Heaven is not in the inner part of the earth. I've heard people say that. That that the inside of earth, there's a division, and heaven's on one part, and hell's at another part. Now, now, grant you, I, I don't know all about physics, but I do understand this that God, in His Word, just said in the Old Testament. As the heaven is a high above the earth. Jesus said, look up. The disciples, Paul, look up. For thy redemption draweth Not, Not look down and try to see through the dirt. And by the way, I'm glad that that I cannot see so far into heaven that I cannot see the throne, that I can see the throne of God. You say, Brother Ernie, why not? Don't you want to see the I do, But, but if I could see the throne of God, it would not be high like what he's talking about here. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is His mercy toward them that fear Him. I there's a whole nother subject right there that fear Him. Don't be afraid of your neighbor. Don't be afraid of your husband. Don't be afraid of your wife. Don't be afraid of your children. Be afraid of God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. And by the way, the Bible says this: the fool has said in his heart, "There is no God." I thought about this. Those that those those people that uh, worship the earth and say there's no God, and, and a lot of it all starts up in April, and and you get through the April things, you get to the May, and and I, hey, the, I love this. You know what? Yesterday was April the first. What do they call April first? fool's day they start celebrating their seasonal things and the bible says they're fools why because they don't believe in god but they believe in trees and flowers and birds and all these other things and by the way i believe in trees too my house is made out of trees i believe in birds and i like birds i'm telling i don't shoot birds i like birds i like to hear the doves coo And I even like bumblebees that go around and pollinate things like that because I like roses and I like I like fruits. and, And I'll just be honest with you. But but listen to me. None of those things are greater than God. God created all of those things. God created you and I. And God, listen to me, they don't have to be saved. They don't have to have the blood. But you and I have to have the blood. And when the blood gets here, there is something that he does. Look at verse 12. For as far as the east is from the west, so far hath he removed our transgressions from us. Why? Because he has mercy on them that fear him and those that fear him are getting redeemed by the blood of the lamb and he's throwing their sins away and he's not looking through the blood. Amen. I've not been perfect since I've been saved, but I can tell you this, I've been a whole lot better than I was before I was saved. And I'm getting better every day, not because of me, but because of him. He's growing in me. When I was a child, I speak as a child. I walked as a child. I acted like a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Why? Because I became a man. Better put away some childish things. We need to grow up in the Lord. And we need to allow God to grow in us. If the blood's applied, God's not looking through the blood. God won't look through the blood. God, don't, don't say God can't. God can But God won't. When I, he said, when I see the blood, I will pass by. Have your house in order. Be ready. Because as sweet as heaven is, hell is just as hot. As one is real, so is the other. And without the blood, you ain't going to heaven. You ain't. Period. End of story. And I'm going to tell you something else. We can't waste our time and count the blood of Christ as nothing. Saying, you know what? It got, it, it, I'm, I've got the blood. I'm going to heaven. And a lot of people live with the attitude. Well, when I get there, I just won't have as much as you have. Because why? Because somebody told them that when they get to heaven, if they don't live right, just because they got saved 30 years ago, but now they're not living for the Lord, they're just not going to have as many rewards. Jesus said, my reward is with me. Where's this reward stuff? I ain't found it in the scripture there where it says that there's a part of heaven reserved for the elite and there's another part of heaven reserved for those who just didn't care. They got saved, but then they didn't care. You and I will either make it or we won't. I know, we sing that song, Lord, build me a cabin, uh, you know, uh, just uh, just build me a little cabin over there somewhere. As long as I get there, I've heard people say, as long as I get there, I don't care. As long as I'm getting hey, listen, you ain't getting there unless you do care. Would you stand this morning? Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we thank you for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your blessings, and we thank you, Lord, for your word. Dear God, this morning, I believe it's true, and it's applicable. And while I praise you, Father, today, because you won't look through the blood, I know, dear God, today I have no right, Father, to count the blood as if it's something simplistic. Lord, today help us. We ask and we pray, Father, today in Jesus' name. And amen. Amen. Would you come this morning and pray?